Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know. A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know. There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know. A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. You're seeing us for the second time this week. We got breaking news that we never expected to have. The New York Yankees have lost Eric Chavez, their assistant hitting coach, for just over two weeks to the New York Mets. He got a promotion with the Mets. The Yankees waved him on by. They loved him the last time we spoke about him, but I guess not enough to block him from getting a promotion, or maybe Steve Cohen is just smart enough to find the number one loophole that the New York Yankees could not refuse. But either way, we got cucked on January 6th. Pretty fun. Also, (laughs) the New York Yankees are projected to land a top-tier free agent by an MLB insider. We didn't see it coming, but we will assess whether it's realistic. SNY, speaking of the Mets, pitched a bunch of terrible center field options. The absolute worst you've ever heard if you want to be angry about an article. One time this week, make it this article. And a little Sunday Night Baseball shakeup with double Yankee flavor. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. Be more than happy to answer it in your review right there and live on YouTube. One o'clock, and by one o'clock, I mean two o'clock. One o'clock Central, two o'clock Eastern, Monday and Thursday. little extra jazz in the intro today. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Uh, What the fuck just happened? I don't know. And of course, it's something we got to wake up to. It's a, But I mean, is there really any any time to deliver the Yankees to deliver bad news? It happens at night. It's like, great. Now I have to sleep on this. It happens before lunch. Oh, now I don't have an appetite. 
Um, happens before you go into a family party. Great. Not getting my nephew a birthday gift. Not happening. Um, so I, I don't get it. I'm still digging for this. Uh, this is why I wish uh, we were uh, people's journos and had some and had some good sources because, you know, you're looking around Twitter. I, I, I went find Mark Feinsand um, was the one who reported this this morning about uh, Chavez going yep. to the Mets. Just said, hey, he's no longer no longer with the Yankees. He's going to the Mets. Okay, said cool, it like great. it was so normal. Just said it was like a normal. <laughs> yes, thing. Hey, Eric Chavez actually surprisingly not going to join the Yankees. They're join the Mets. They announced yeah. his hire. They put a graphic out. I mean that that doesn't just yeah. happen. And then you have Brian Hope come out a couple hours ago, um, and there's just no information here. Quote: Aaron Boone had envisioned Chavez as the Swiss Army knife of the Yankees coaching staff, helping out in all areas. Instead, the Yanks granted permission for Chavez to take on a larger role in Queens. I don't know why. Why? Why? I I just don't get. Yeah, I don't. uh, So you hire a guy who Aaron Boone comes on a presser to talk to praise to talk about how, oh, this guy, great knowledge of baseball, obviously talked about his past uh, accomplishments as an MLB player and how that can translate into the dugout and how obviously the Yankees need somebody like that. The Yankees need someone, uh, some sort of presence in that dugout, in the clubhouse, whatever you want to say, that has kind of the, the the knowledge of this past generation of players, has the success, knows how to deal with the spotlight, all of that. Chavez seemed to be the guy. We were kind of excited. Like, I, you know, I was excited as I could possibly yeah. be. And, hey, I'm glad I kind of tempered my expectations because now he doesn't exist. Now he's not even here. So I don't understand why the Yankees would grant him permission to get a better job because uh, that's what this was. He was he was interviewed for the bench role, the bench coach role, um, and then they deemed he'd be the Mets deemed he would be a better fit in the hitting coach role. Um, and now they're going to hire a more analytics driven individual for the bench coach role. Um, I just I don't understand. This makes me think. And I could once again, I could be wrong. We don't have all the we, uh, I don't know if we have all the information. We may or may not. This could be the end of it. And that's it. But it, it just this makes me think that the Yankees are just pushovers. I don't know why you would let someone who you clearly valued and hired and made an ordeal to announce and have your manager speak highly of this person to just go and interview for a rival, go and interview with a rival and then take on a, a, a larger, a, a better and bigger job with a team that's, you know, kind of direct Mets are trying to directly compete with the Yankees in the best ways possible. You're signing free agents. You're, you're trying to build a team that's going to keep New York baseball com- competitive, all great. But I don't understand the thought process from the organizational standpoint. Maybe Chavez had a clause in his contract that said he can go and talk to whoever he wants at any point in time. And that was one of the caveats. And Steve Cohen found that out and was like, yeah, let's take him over. We'll, we'll, we'll do another uh, round two of trolling. Um, But just makes me really think that the Yankees don't have their, they're just, there's no cutthroat business here. It's just, it's, it's not what it used to be. And and it stinks. Did they forget to sign a contract? Like, what are we doing here? It's, (laughs) <laughs> and I understand I had some snarkiness in the mentions today that I was fighting off. I had somebody be like, dude, do you like, you know, people are allowed to change their minds and renege on jobs. Right. And it's like, yeah, I, I do understand people are allowed to change their minds in the, in the world of employment, but that typically doesn't happen in major league baseball or major sports after an announcement is made. I don't remember Francisco Lindor last year. Uh, that was a tr- after the extension. I don't remember him being like, actually, I will not be extending goodbye. Like <laughs> typically when things are announced, they're done. And, and if there's wiggle room, if, if well, all we'd had was speculation where somebody was like, 
the Yankees are targeting Eric Chavez. And then it was like, Eric Chavez looks like he'll be a done deal with the Yankees. And then nobody would comment. And then it was like, whoa, a a rapid about face. It turns out he's actually joining the Mets. Like that would be one thing, right? But this was a finalized hire two weeks ago. They sent out a press release. They sent Aaron Boone out over Christmas to talk about what a great fit it was. At what point did the Mets reach out to him? And at what point did Hal Steinbrenner say, yes, you can do that? Like, what kind of guy is Eric Chavez? I understand that it's it's bad form. It really is not. Look, the Yankees were between a rock and a hard place here. It's not good form to deny somebody a promotion or a chance at a better role elsewhere. And so even if the Boston Red Sox had reached out and said, you know, we'd like to hire Eric Chavez to be our bench coach or our hitting coach or our manager, the Yankees would probably ultimately say yes so that they could keep up a good reputation with other candidates throughout the league. But what kind of guy is Eric Chavez? And he's checking in on new job opportunities after two weeks with the organization during which he wasn't even working. He didn't even spend time with the organization. What did he do? Fly to spring training uh, for a day, go meet some prospects, and then go back, you know, have a Christmas goose? Like, what the the fuck did he do? (laughs) It was week one. Like, obviously, bad precedent if Hal Steinbrenner stepped out front of this and it becomes a war of words. It becomes the Yankees are a hostile place to work. And why would a coach want to join this franchise? And why would external hires want to come here? If once they're here, you're not letting them out from under your thumb. You have to let people explore. I understand that, you, you know, the uh, look, workers' rights. Absolutely. Um, not, trying to, not trying to say Eric Chavez can never get out of his Yankees contract. But it was a week and a half. He's really that desperate for new. Like, dude, if you succeed as the Yankees assistant hitting coach, I'm not expecting you to be here forever. You can take a hitting coach job next year. You can go anywhere you want. You can open up a private hitting academy in the center field bleachers at Yankee Stadium. But you're going to the Mets <laughs> a week and a half after you were hired. I mean, is that real? Is that anyone's actual inclination? I, I declined the email from Steve Cohen. I'm not going to lie. Because what even attracted you to the Yankees in the first place? Why did you join this organization? Why did you join the Yankees if you just had, had the grand plan of like, I really hope the Mets contact me in the next three days. <laughs> I'll be I'll be a Yankee as long as Steve Cohen doesn't email me by January first. Like, what's the process here? Well, the other crazy part about it is, you know, there are other job openings around Major League Baseball yeah. that are large that are larger than a Swiss Army knife. Well, maybe I mean maybe he wanted to be in New York and that was his dream, and then he got to New York and then he's like, oh, I can get a better job in New York. That'd be sweet. But in terms of wanting a bigger role, if we're talking surface surface level stuff here there are plenty of other bigger roles out there for with especially teams who need the help that were there for the taking so i don't know i i don't know it's very confusing i don't understand it i'm not i don't think the mets exercise any bad practices here i don't think chavez did anything wrong i think it's stupidity on the maybe i think it's more so stupidity on the yankees part for allowing somebody to interview for another job when they just ink somebody to a contract like you said it's different next year great go go wherever you want you you sat you sat here for a year you signed a contract you did what you had to do that was it to do it 2 weeks into a contract and there's a lockout and we don't even know if the season's going to start on time which i'm not even talking about that ever no. until we have a solution because it's just going to get me more angry um but yeah, once again, but it's but it's the Yankees, dude. In the last ten years, have just been inexplicable happenings. You can't really put a finger uh, your finger on anything. There's no truly diagnosing any problem or root of cause, um, and that's where we're living. And you know, you want to talk about you want to talk about other things that don't make sense. I don't I you want to talk about? I but you might want to talk about this mm-hmm. one. Carlos Correa predicted to land with the Yankees. 
per ESPN's Kylie McDaniel, who I like the guy, trust the guy, works very closely with uh, Jeff Passan, um, very trusted MLB insider. Um, nine years, 297 was the contract that was predicted here, I believe. Uh, stunning, purely stunning. I don't know why people think this. I don't know how people think this. No. If you're a Yankees fan who have who has watched this team um, for the past however many years, 10 years or so, um, I know the Yankees at times have spent aggressively. I know that they have gone off course here and there to get the guys that they wanted. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to not count the Garrett Cole deal because the Yankees haven't had, didn't have an ACE for, I think about 10 years up until that point. So they simply needed to sign Garrett Cole, really no negotiating there. You could be mad about his contract. You'd be mad about his performance in the wild card game. There is no other pitcher that the Yankees could have gotten at that point or in the next couple of years that would have even matched Garrett Cole's abilities. So he's here, he's our ace, deal with it, live with it, complain about it all you want. Nothing else could have been better. Um, and <clears throat> the McCann spending spree with, who else was that off season? Ellsbury, McCann, McCann yeah, yeah. Beltron. Tanaka, Ellsbury, McCann. Uh, yeah, they tried that one. It was just not good. Um, and then you have the Stanton trade, which um, I have my problems with just because it, we needed many more things than Giancarlo Stanton. Um, but obviously I'm eating my words over these last few months because Giancarlo Stanton carried the Yankees in August and September. Um, and even October, if you were, if you were to uh, uh, count that. Um, but once again, my issue always lies with the higher ups and acquiring a contract that big in Giancarlo Stanton's was just going to give the Yankees an excuse to not spend more. Um, and I know money is a sensitive issue because you can't be spending 300 million on your payroll to justify having a winning team, but you could have done smarter things. You could have maybe been more aggressive with trading prospects. You could have been more aggressive with other free agents and had it done. And here we are, we're talking about being aggressive with the top free agent on the board to potentially railroad the Yankees future plans of getting Anthony Volpe as a starting future shortstop. Um, and we don't know how this fits the puzzle. Would you be on board with this? I'm fine with it. I think they could. I think our philosophy reigns supreme here. You get a good player, you figure out the configuration later. As long as it's not something as egregious as acquiring Matt Chapman to be a shortstop because he's not a shortstop, never played shortstop. Uh, but you know, maybe Anthony Volpe goes to second when Gleyber Torres is a uh, time in the Bronx ends, or um, maybe he plays a little bit of third base to start his career. I don't know, but. Is this good news for you or are you just kind of whatever someone's making a prediction? It's, it's really good bad. news for me, but it does still feel like, I mean, what I think the 2003 Yankees would sign Carlos Correa, but I don't know what indication about the, the current Yankees and the way they operate makes any MLB yeah. insider genuinely predict. Cause it's always don't, it's not the Yankees are going to sign Correa. It's don't be surprised if the Yankees hop in at the end of this, I would be really surprised if the Yankees hop in at the end of this to outbid people. Yeah. There's so many indications and so many breadcrumbs being laid out all across the league, people saying, uh, you know, anonymous scouts saying, you know, Andrelton Simmons hasn't really lost a step, actually. Just the Yankees planting people throughout baseball. Again, they just let a coach wriggle out from under their thumb a week after they said he was a perfect fit. Why do I think the Yankees have some master plan to hop into the finish line and go grab Carlos Correa? They, I said this this morning. The Yankees are, I mean, I don't know if the Mets are going to win the World Series this year. I don't know what the Mets are going to do, but Steve Cohen's Mets are definitely the evil empire. House number hasn't done anything evil in 15 years. He, he, he doesn't even do anything interesting. 
let alone evil. <laughs> and so it would be the evil empire thing to go get Carlos Correa and damn the future later. And I would be definitely on board uh, for either Correa or Story. Correa is the better player. Correa can play third base. I don't think Gio Urshela is a long-term fit with the Yankees. Kenny? I think he can play third base. He's, he's an A-Rod. Oh, we just think from that athletic No, yeah, standpoint. he's an A-Rod yeah, sure. body type who, like, if the time mm-hmm. comes, I think can, can play third base. And he's going to lose his range at some point. I'm... I, you can sell me on it being a crippling contract. I would be on board for the Carlos Correa edition. Ultimately, if we were in a world where the Yankees actually did intend to jump in at the finish line, I do think it is worth mentioning uh, a very funny thing that's been going on on Twitter too today. Um, I don't know if you know Randy Wilkins, who's uh, you know he's directing he's directing that, the Derek Jeter uh, multi-part doc for ESPN. It's going to be great. He's a very outspoken Yankee fan, uh, and he obviously knows some people. He's got some inside information. Uh, so there was a tweet going around that said, you know, it's people saying it's really frustrating the Yankees did nothing before the lockout, um, and he responded, "They were close to a deal before the, around the lockout. They just ran out of time. They're going to make moves. It's going to be fine." He indicated that that was knowledge he had, but that he was not willing to share it. So basically, he knows a deal was on the verge of getting done with somebody. We don't know who. The Yankees weren't able to close it. Uh, And so that is what it is. It's a nice little tidbit to go into the rest of the offseason with. We have the lockout to sit on that and stew for a long time. Somebody picked up that quote about nothing, about a deal, a deal, a deal between the Yankees and a player and a team. And pick that up and started writing about how that meant a Carlos Correa deal was was close, uh, was on the horizon. This article is insane. Uh, the article uses that tweet. Insane. It has a, a little uh, bold header that says, close to a deal but not quite there yet for the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees will be clamoring for an announcement about who will take the spot on the diamond come 2022. And according to some, the delay is not necessarily a spot of bother. And it's all about how, you know, Randy Wilkins said a Carlos Correa deal was close. It sounds like when I used to do night shifts and it was 1.45 in the morning and I was just absolutely <laughs> writing the worst content of all time, you know, as the clock struck two. And then I woke up the next day being like, that's not English. That's what that seems like to me. Um, look, I do not think the Yankees were close to a Carlos Correa deal at any point. That article should not have been written. Randy's a trustworthy guy. Uh, and the fact that I trust him is the reason that shouldn't have been written. It didn't say the name Carlos Correa. It had nothing to do with Carlos Correa. Uh, there's no indication it was about Carlos Correa. There are like 75 players on the market. The Yankees were close to signing or acquiring one of them. Uh, and that's very exciting, but it has nothing to do with Carlos Correa. Congrats to Kylie for the prediction. I'm still not buying it. I don't think the modern Yankees have that in their bones, but they can prove me wrong in a month or two or three whenever the signings occur. Before we move on to the back half of the podcast, this podcast is brought to you by Blindsided, the first ever mental health podcast from the Players' Tribune. Plan your work and work your plan. For many athletes, saying such as this could be considered scripture. Permanent signposts lining the long roads of success in sports. For some, the very act of pursuing a career in sports can give a sense of control, a sense of safety, so long as you stick to the plan. That is, until life happens. The kind of life that happens while you're making other plans. Breakdowns, insecurity, panic attacks, PTSD, addiction, sudden life changes. Ones that require an athlete to toss aside their well-laid plans and answer the question, what's your next play? Blindsided is a podcast about sports, mental health, and life from the Players' Tribune, hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. The podcast will share and analyze the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and what happened when it did. The podcast lets listeners hear these athletes describe moments when mental health became the most important focus in their lives. It dives in deeper. It gets clinical. Guests this season include Kevin Love, Paul Bissonette, and Kurt Warner. 
That's Blindsided, the first ever mental health podcast from the Players' Tribune. Please check that out. My mental health, not fantastic, although certainly uh, maybe the problems are not clinical. I don't think the Eric Chavez screaming conversation is diagnosable. I think it's just your everyday garden variety nonsense. Um, I I had much more fun skewering the Mets this week uh, in a different direction because, look, if you're you're employed to write for SNY – uh, that is the Mets channel. That's where the Mets are on TV. It's not, it's, their ads are get your New York sports here. That's not what it is. It's, it's a Mets channel. They show the New York Mets. So someone at SNY wrote a column, uh, five center field options that can help the Yankees. Uh, you know, Aaron Hicks is a bit of a burden. You know, you never know if he's going to stay healthy, whatnot. The Yankees certainly need center field help. Uh, and I think uh, my pitch is more Gallo in center field, sign say a Suzuki in left, something like that. Their pitch was five of the worst center fielders in baseball. As if somebody just scrolled down the transaction wire and were like, who are the five worst performing uh, minor league contract level dudes? Let's just assign those to the New York Yankees and, and attach the names together. Make Yankee fans think that the deal is close. Kevin Pillar was the only one of the five where I was like, sure. If Kevin Pillar is the last ditch addition to the outfield, yeah, not my first choice, second, third, fourth, or fifth. Hasn't been on a winning team in quite a while. But yes, he's got grit. He's a good fielder. He can hit 250 with very limited power. Fine, almost, kind of, sort of. The other options, Billy Hamilton, who was on the White Sox last year and hit like 162 in 35 games. Juan Lagares, who is the worst regular player on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. A terrible team. Jake Marisnik, who's still in baseball and was a shitty 2020 Met and was a shitty 2021 Padre and 2021 Cub. Absolutely no thank you. And then the worst option of all, Oduble Herrera on the Phillies, a bad baseball player with no consistency and no glove and no power, who was barely above average offensively and then committed domestic violence and was suspended from baseball. So if the Yankees signed Oduble Herrera and let him back in baseball this year as their center field contingency plan when he's both not talented and a criminal Please get out of here. <laughs> not talented. I mean, oh, you, that's good. you shouldn't uh, sign they, someone with those allegations, even if they have all the talent in the world, but he doesn't. So why would you do, Why no. would you even consider it mentally weighing on you? Don't even No, about I it. agree. I agree. Enough people had a problem with acquiring Roldis Chapman. That was a little bit shady. Yeah. The Yankees clearly uh, took advantage of that because they knew they would get him on a discount given the allegations he was facing. Um, I'm going to have water under the bridge at this point. What do you want me to do? You want me to run a roll? You, do you want me to run a roll this Chapman out of town? He could squish me with his pinky. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Um, help you there. Uh, yeah, these, I mean, this is patently ridiculous. This is clearly just, you know, you're going through, Hey, well, who's available? Well, let me go to uh, MLB top free agents. What do we got there? Uh, all bad players. Um, if the Yankees did any of these, this would be worthy of a riot mm-hmm. of sorts. Um, they need somebody who is uh, – look, I think Ender Inciarte is a better acquisition than any yes. of these guys. Ender, Ender Inciarte is better probably defensively than everybody except Kevin Pillar. I think maybe they might be on the same plane just because of how little Ender, Ender Inciarte has played over the last two and a half years mm-hmm. or so um, and given his struggles last year and how he was kind of uh, de-emphasized. Um, but he's a lefty bat. He has all-star potential, way more – all-star potential than any of these other guys, in my opinion, um, based on how he's performed throughout his career. Um, And dude, hot take 
Brett Gardner's better than all these guys. And I know that's how it's Oh, Jake Marisnik? I don't know. I got I got a crunch <laughs> Brett Gardner. Yankees fans, you hate Brett. The people who are fed up with Brett Gardner's run as the Yankees outfielder or guy who's uh, playing 140 mm-hmm. games, you will be on your knees begging for Brett Gardner next year if any of these guys are playing center field for the Yankees next year. <laughs> I understand Aaron Hicks is a point of contention right now. He's been injured. He signed a seven-year contract that many of us did not agree with it. That's not our problem. Good for the guy. He's making his money. He's trying to get back on track. It is what it is. He's a switch-hitting center fielder. He is here. He is untradeable unless the Yankees want to eat money and give it away for free. They are not going to do that. They don't do that anymore. They don't operate in that fashion. So Aaron Hicks will be platooning with somebody. Uh, We can presume Ender Inciarte. That was a shrewd pickup. Um, I know it's only a minor league deal. He's coming in for spring training. We'll see what happens. Um, but then you got to look at uh, you got to look at the potential for Gallo to move over to center. I don't know why this isn't a more widely discussed aspect of the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, it could solve a lot of issues. It would allow. Look, we need to talk more about Giancarlo Stanton playing the field. When he started playing the field, his numbers went up. Playing the field and and batting is very crucial, I think, for a player's brain. You don't want to be stuck walking to and fro the dugout when you're having a bad slump. All you're doing is oh. Great, I struck out again for the fourth time. Let me go sit on the bench for this half inning while uh, yeah. you know we bring in Nick Nelson to get shelled for a thirty minute inning. You don't want to go two. You don't want to go no. two. You definitely don't want to go fro. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so you put Gallo in center. You give you give Joe Carlos Stanton some time and left. I'm not saying hundred games. Eh, maybe we get him out there for seventy, seventy five, sure, eighty five, maybe whatever. Who knows? But it's not talked about enough that Joey Gallo should potentially be platooning with Aaron Hicks in center field. If Aaron Hicks gets injured, that's a different story. I'm on board with Seiya Suzuki. It's a low cost to pay for a guy who's clearly shown he could play professional ball. Um, I know it's not going to be at the level, probably at the level that he's been playing in Japan. But there's enough versatility. There's enough five-tool-ish stuff there to give us some some sort of uh, uh, um, success at the major league level, especially in a lineup with these guys. You put a bat like that, you put a glove like that, amongst other good defenders and other good hitters, you're probably going to see some good progress. I don't think the answer here is signing a guy who is fringe major league, unless I just, I just like, I just like Ender Inciarte. I'm going to be biased here. Um, I think it's a smart move. He bats lefty. Um, he, he, he can steal bags. Um, I think he has higher upside than any of these guys that were mentioned. Um, uh, this is, this is, this is what, you know, uh, this is what the Indians would do or the, I'm sorry, the guardians would do. Yeah, this is not what the Yankees would do. These are not realistic options. And if they are, then just shoot me out of a cannon into the Hudson River on, you know, February 15th when the water is absolutely freezing because I'm not doing this. It's just a list of what you would do if you're trying to get worse. That's all it is. It's like if you if you're trying to make your team suck, here are five center field options that suck that you can (laughs) find to make yourself actively like I would rather see Estefan Florial over billy hamilton yeah having billy hamilton on your triple a team is the second having kevin plar on your roster fine having billy hamilton on your triple a team as a september pinch runner potential postseason pinch runner also fine but he can't get on base so that's why he's never started at any level at any since 2016 the other three guys are the dudes you roll your eyes you absolutely are furious when you give up a home run to juan Lagares or you give up a back-breaking single and Jake Marisnik, I haven't even seen play since 2017. He cheated more than almost any other Astro. I believe he had Correct. 83 bangs that year, and he was the worst Astro in the regular lineup in 2017. They, they calculated the bangs? Yeah, they calculated the bangs. Oh. I mean, but dude, you look at his 2017, it's night and day. Highest yeah. OPS of his career by far. 
Uh, 16 homers, most homers of his career by six. OBP, yeah, everything was just unbelievable. Good defensive center fielder, yeah, good defensive center fielder, but just has no place on a team that matters at this point. He's destined to be on the fourth place team in the NL Central for four straight years or to continually keep getting you know jettisoned in August and dumped onto some contender's bench uh, when they're just taking a wild swing in the middle of the season. I, I can't if Jake Marisnik is is it matters next year, then I will be absolutely shocked. Um, please let it not be here. Obviously, again, this list was compiled by a Mets writer in the same way that if I were writing a list called five hitting coach options for the Mets, I wouldn't have included Eric Chavez and I would have included five hilarious failures. I would have been like, <laughs> why don't you, you know, why don't you give, uh, you know, Carlos Beltran a try? I'm sure that won't be controversial. Why don't you, uh, the old man who pitches to Pete Alonso in the home run derby. Why don't you make him your hitting coach? Like I would have just started suggesting shit like that because this is, this is the same thing. This, this co- was this column written at 3 a.m. at the end of a night shift? Is that what we did? Did you accidentally scroll to the bottom of the available free agents page instead of the top and just forget to check and be like, wow, it looks like slim pickings. I guess I'll just write about these five terrible baseball players. Um, best of luck to uh, the New York Mets and also the New York Yankees in not signing any of these human beings. Before we go, let's uh, let's talk about Alex Rodriguez's Manning cast. Yeah, I assume is going to be on Fox Business. Uh, you can't air that on television. That's for no one. Bombshell <laughs> um, came out on Wednesday night that the Sunday Night Baseball booth, which has had to change forever, is so ba- it's so bad. I love baseball. It's so bad. I don't watch Sunday Night Baseball unless my team is on and I don't even like watching my team. So I usually don't watch that either. Uh, just kidding. I, I do, but I'm, I'm definitely not tuning in for the spectacle. There's never been a point when I'm like, what's the Sunday night game. It's the third place Phillies against the fourth place Mets. I think I'll turn it on to see what a rod and Matt Vaskersen have to say. I think it's going to be very entertaining and, and a fun product. Uh, so a shakeup at the, at the worldwide leader, Looks like David Cohn might be in the national broadcast. He's currently the favorite, I believe, to get the the spot of the color analyst on the national broadcast. Does that mean he is going to remain on Yes Network? Do you know if he's going to be dropping that or just doing it? Uh, I didn't see that, but I'm. I mean, he should be able to juggle that. He's got the podcast with John Boy Media, uh, yeah. towing the slab, which is great. Uh, you know, you're working with Yes Network, which uh, a few times a week. I actually know that's probably five times a week. And then you have Sunday night baseball. I mean, that should work. They should figure if the, yes, if they lose him this off season, like, come on, mm-hmm. they, you can't be, you can't let that happen. No. Um, unless you want, you know, the a rod, if you want to go get a rod, if you want to try to <laughs> overpay for a rod so that he doesn't do his own man and cast, which again, I, we're not kidding by the way, no. A-Rod having his own man and cast was a part of the conversation of, of how they're planning to blow up Sunday night baseball. I don't know how that works unless you're trying to set a record for least viewed program. If that's the goal, <laughs> if you want to see what if you want to see what happens if you test the outer limits of what he made, we took the Manning's formula and made it suck pure ass. Like that's, I guess, the reason to to have Aaron in the role. But I, 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 Aaron hasn't said anything that's interested me in four or five years of broadcasting. He's 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 yeah. serviceable on the Fox pre and post game. Him and David Ortiz is fun. He's good in snippets and sound bites, and and sometimes he laughs at himself, and sometimes he and Ortiz do uh, the Yankees lose and and Red Sox suck when we rate that sort of in the podium. And when he was in the, you know, uh, Jersey Street getting booed after the Red Sox ALCS games last year, that was fun. Uh, But A-Rod during the broadcast is completely inane. Uh, And you leave him alone to his own devices, and now he's, like, conducting interviews. during. I mean, the Manning cast is... 
four quarters of interviews. Special guests pop by. It's also two people, not one. Uh, so it's Peyton and Eli joking with each other brothers uh you know having a laugh then they bring on a different guest every quarter baseball doesn't have quarters i don't know if you have nine innings of guests for a rod i don't know if you give every guest 45 minutes and try to just do four guests i don't know if he has a co-host he can't do it alone i'm not gonna watch a rod sit and interview people during a baseball game but also try to commentate on the game which is when his absolute worst beast comes out and he starts saying things like home runs are not how you win baseball games. They are. And also, A-Rod, you hit 700 of them. So if you don't think home runs are how you win baseball games, I don't know. You, something happened to you between, like, okay, I know things happen to you over the course of your career. Your body changed. I'm sure your chemistry became quite different. But between your career, when you stopped hitting 696 dingers and retired and became a commentator, something happened to convince you that what you'd done for 20 years was bad. Maybe it's deep-rooted shame at the way you cheated the game. And you intrinsically think everything that you did is now negative because if you did it with your body and and you took God your you know your God given talent and, and roided yourself up maybe you know the the more you educate people on hitting bunts and slapping singles through the hole the better society will be fewer people will be tempted to take steroids maybe that's it but you hit a lot of home runs and now most of your in game commentary what was his favorite inning of the whole playoffs last year is when someone hit a ground ball through the hole and there was like a, an error and like someone took the extra base, the Astros scored. Oh, it was the inning where the Astros scored like five runs because there was a, you know, somebody stole second and then there was a throw home, but there was no relay guys. So the ball just rolled around the field and the catcher couldn't catch it. Like an A-Rod was like, that's baseball. You put the pressure on. It's like, that's not baseball, man. That really sucks. That was a bunch of people failing in a row. That was a bunch of people doing their jobs very poorly so all of this is to say i am not on board with the a-rod manning cast you can't put hey. it on a real channel you can pay him and then just put a non-working camera in his house but you can't broadcast it <laughs> uh look if this is secondary i don't care i'll be watching a broadcast with carl ravage and david Cohn. i'll tell you that right now um look broadcasting's hard broadcasting is very yes. difficult you have to be in tune paying attention to the game having the correct insight being able to connect the dots and talk about something relevant which uh, unfortunately alex Rodriguez could not do for that amount of time um not really a knock on him it's a difficult job i, I do love him in the pregame yeah. uh and post game, I think that's great. I think that's where he's best suited. He can inject his uh, wisdom, his knowledge, um, and have it be applicable to something that actually makes sense instead of him just going off on a tangent in the bottom of the sixth inning about nothing that has nothing to do with anything. Um, and I don't need to hear Matt Vasquez and Santa Maria call ever again. No. Uh, didn't like it. Glad it's gone. Look, and I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not being a jerk here. Uh, they were not well received by a national audience, so I'm not out here trying to knock down guy, uh, these guys down a peg uh, because of whatever they had no, done over the I past few years. It was, it, it was not a good, it was not a good broadcast according to a lot of people. And I know usually the majority opinion in everyday circles, because most people are kind of dumb is not the way to go, but you're talking about baseball fans here who were, you know, Sunday night baseball is a beloved thing. It's, it's, it's a way to wind down at the end of the week. Um, it, it's part of it's, it was part of my household at least. And I knew, I knew what it meant to me. If a lot of people aren't receiving that well, then you know it's not good. Um, but on a more positive note, dude, David Cohn on the broadcast would be perfect. He elevates the yes broadcast, which I think is brutal. Um, I, people got on me last year because I thought that I, th I think the SNY broadcast is better than the yes. Sure, broadcast. I agree with that. Came after me. I was like, "What the, are you? Do you watch them ever?" It's the, the yes broadcast is not good, but Cohn elevates it to a point where. 
to a point where people were talking about, hey, can David Cohn manage the New York Yankees? Because that would sure be great. Mm -hmm. We love what he has to say. We love his ability to seamlessly blend the analytical aspect of the game with the gut instinct or just the basic, you know, gumption aspect of, of, of the game where, you know, it's not just, it's not just numbers. It's not just a spreadsheet. It's not just the script that you went by before the game happened. It's, Oh, I'm a baseball player. I'm a baseball manager. I know how to act in this situation. I can, I can react to things in real time and go off script and figure it out. David Cohn perfectly, um, encapsulates that newer school viewpoint where it's like, all right, let's not go too far left with the analytics. Let's not go too far right about, you know, putting the ball in play is the answer and having a dedication and uh, having the right dedication and being motivated to play baseball is the answer. No, there's a lot of factors that go into baseball and how the game's evolved. He seems to have his finger on the pulse. He's very, he's played across, he's his career span three decades, late eighties, all of nineties, early two thousands. That's a guy who's played in different eras with a lot of different people uh, with a ton of different teams, Cy Young winner, World Series winner, well-spoken dude, down to earth. That's somebody I want in the broadcast. I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm sure a lot of Yankee f- fans feel the same way. Um, and, you know, you kind of have that in the family type thing on the national broadcast. It's good. It kind of gives you a stake in the weekly affair. Like, oh, the Yankees aren't on Sunday Night Baseball, but David Cohn's talking about baseball. So I could listen to that for three hours. Uh, much better than what we've experienced. How long was the A-Rod? Has that been three years? Three or four? I mean, to, to think that their last ever game together could be Matt Veskersian calling Giancarlo Stanton's first inning single off the green monster in the wildcard game with, oh, we got another one. We got another one. No. Oh, he gets first. In one of the worst <laughs> moments. One of the worst moments of my modern life. It's just terrible. That and seeing Eric Chavez. Uh, get stolen by the Mets. <laughs> two, the two worst things to ever happen to me. Um, it's pretty funny that the Yankees' managerial job has such, like, the, the ESPN Sunday Night Broadcast job has such bearing. Uh, the fact that Aaron Boone could go from the booth to the actual managerial job and the fact that we all want David Cohn to go from the booth to the managerial job and that that's the place that we're all looking for, for our next managers. What a weird world we live in. I mean, Cone would be a complete joy, and Ravitch is great. Anybody who watched the Korean baseball organization games last early pandemic when there was no Major League Baseball knows Carl Ravitch is great at this. Um, he definitely harkens back to the early baseball tonight days, too. Makes oh, yeah. you feel a little nostalgic for ESPN when it actually somewhat mattered to watch baseball every night and then also Sunday night. Um, and you know, we might be getting the KBO broadcast back if there's no major league baseball for a long time this year, but that's another thing entirely cone ravage. Absolutely. A rod, uh, best of luck in all your future endeavors. That is it for this Thursday edition of the Yanks go yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. I'm holding off a belch during the speech, which is really hard. Come find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to be streaming live on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerib. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? Woo, at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, plenty of conversation going on there. I got a lot of things to say. Um, we're having fun, though. It's a great time. Head on over to YanksGoYard.com. A lot of content there for you, a lot of off-season stuff, a lot of lockout stuff. Uh, some buzz is coming out, believe it or not. We had a very, very slow last couple of weeks. Holidays were coming up. People didn't really want to report anything or talk about anything. Now we got stuff coming out. Not us, but we're hearing that you're hearing things from insiders. 
uh, worthwhile information. We're spinning it. We're trying to make sense of it and figure it out. Head on over to the Yanks Go Yard official Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be there for conversations as well. Next time, we'll see everybody Monday at 2 p.m. on YouTube right here. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. He's out, everybody. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.